The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? All righty, am I up? Am I on? Huh? What? Who? What happened? There must have been something in all the thoughts Hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here on the... You gotta boost me just a little bit there, Ed. Maybe even a little lot bit. Um, hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan on the Paying Attention podcast here at High Atop uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And we are here every Thursday at... I don't know. What time are we here? Because I, I always get the time wrong. 2 p.m. 2 o'clock. Eastern time. Eastern time. Every, every Thursday afternoon. And then every once in a while, we do like these funky little live cut-ins every once in a while. Um, so you want to keep an eye out for that. We've got a pretty good show for you today. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed our debate last week between the Governor's Council candidates. I encourage everybody to go back and listen to or watch that debate, uh, especially if you are in Essex County in Massachusetts. It was the Governor's Council candidates, there's three of them, and it is one of those down-ballot races where most people don't pay attention to it. They were mostly paying attention to the Governor and the State Rep and the State Senate races. But the Governor's Council approves judges and they decide who's going to be on your parole board and to me that's a little bit more important than no offense uh, linda campbell than state rep or state senate um because they're they're going to be she just took she took all her propaganda back now she's mad at me um but but it's it's a really important job and i think people should pay attention to it since it is on the ballot (coughs) i'm going to try not to do that through the show so we were going to have a debate and i wanted to have a debate between linda campbell and her challenger anand gonzalez um, but Linda didn't want to do that, and uh, so I guess my first question before I ask you to like to just kind of introduce yourself and do all the happy stuff is how come um, most most people in your position you're an incumbent you've been here forever you're obviously the favorite to win because most incumbents get reelected why didn't you want to uh, debate Anand Gonzalez? So uh, Tom, well first I'm of gonna, all, I'm just going to adjust you while you yeah take please really, there you go there you go thank you um, so Tom first thank you for having me well you're welcome and by the way I love Linda Campbell. Well, thank you for saying that. Are you that's only, are you that's only a good here, way to start. Are you only here because now I have credibility that I've been in a dunk tank? Is that uh, true? I think that gave you a lot of credibility. All right, okay. Very uh, good. Really, really. I, I mean, you've earned some stripes. That was a bloody cold day, man. Yeah, it was. It was a cold day. It was like but five below zero, or at least it felt that way. But it was a good It was a good thing to do. Yeah. And next year, hopefully, it'll be a little bit warmer. Um, and that was the uh, Methuen Day. So yes. we're going to do that again next year. So, yeah, so I'll answer your question straight up. Um, and... Um, you know, I am um, I'm a very um, easy person to talk to, um, but I have a long record of accomplishment. Um, the individual that's running against me has no record. So um, it seems uh, kind of um, not a, um, I don't know, what do you debate with someone that has no record? And, well, you, well, and, and no community you, service. But, I mean, it's, but you it's, don't know until you try, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have sat here with him and said that to him, and then and then challenged him to come up with well, something. Well, you know, I'd like to. Um, I think I, she I, wanted me for herself. That's what I think. I think You're so too. Right. Yeah. And I trust you to talk about the issues. I, well, that's what I'm here for. We want to make sure that we talk about <laughs> right, issues. Yeah. Um, 
So before we start, I think people need to know who Linda Campbell is. And before I ask you to tell people who you are, uh, how I know Linda Campbell, out of full disclosure, uh, we sit on the exchange, Methuen Exchange Club together. Correct. Um, and she's also in my book, Heroes yeah. in Our Midst, from the pages of the Valley Patriot, because she was a paratrooper in the Army. Did I get that right, Army? You did. Um, and she used to jump out of planes. I don't even like going in planes, much less jumping out of them. So you get a lot of respect from me on that one. Um, but Thanks. she's also been a state rep for a long time, and we've known her since she's been a state, uh, since she was a, uh, a city councilor, actually. And uh, I'm going to ask you some questions about Methuen and the city council stuff and everything. But first, I want you to just tell people who you are. So, yes, well, thank you. For um, those of you um, that are, are outside my district, my name is Linda Dean Campbell, and I represent most of Methuen and um, essentially the Bradford section of Haverhill. But as all state reps know and all of you know, it really doesn't matter. You have a chunk of a place, um, a chunk of a city. You have the entire city and, and the entire interests of everyone in the city um, foremost and first in your mind. So essentially, I represent um, Methuen and Havel in the state legislature um, and very proud to do so and uh, feel very privileged to do so at this point. Excellent. So um, now that we get the happy stuff out of the way. Sanctuary cities is a pretty big thing. Um, sanctuary cities are communities that uh, don't allow local law enforcement to work with ICE and the federal agents who are trying to deport criminals who are here illegally, people who have warrants in their home countries for things like murder and rape. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering, because there's an awful lot of talk about making Massachusetts a sanctuary state, um, I'm wondering where the great Linda Dean Campbell, who's kind of part of leadership now, right? So you've got to walk a fine line. Where does Linda Campbell uh, stand on all this uh, sanctuary city baloney? So uh, my position has been from the get-go, Tom, and I, I know we've talked about this a little bit. And it was um, actually in the news today, and I want to say this. Um, this, this week um, in Methuen, um, there was a, what, 28 million dollar sale of, of fentanyl um, mm -hmm. in the city of Methuen. Um, right. And uh, that is uh, concerning to everyone. I, I they were illegal, By the way, they were illegal aliens. We saw the headline that said Dominican National, and we know that that's code for illegal alien. It, it doesn't matter who's selling this. Um, we just passed some laws in the legislature. We have just about the strictest laws in the country right now with our criminal justice bill um, for fentanyl sales. And so um, that is, is one thing that was really important that we, did, uh, that we did with the criminal justice bill. I think it's the toughest, the toughest penalties in the country. So I am hoping that they are going to be applied in this case, and I know they will. So back to your question. I have, um, I'm opposed to the concept of let's label cities sanctuary cities or non-sanctuary cities. I, really, I, I'll ask you, what, what is the good in labeling, um, in labeling a city this, that, or the other? You know, right now in this country, well, we... It's not about right, labeling, it's about what, yeah, they, what they do and what they are. I, you know, Paul, you can yeah, join so, us if you'd like. Yeah. All right. I, so... Uh, you know, what do you accomplish by that? What we need and, and, and what every mayor wants is a good working relationship with law enforcement in their communities to work to ensure that we um, take the criminals off our streets. And so what's the benefit of being a sanctuary city? I, you know, you're putting a label out there and it doesn't accomplish anything. And we have so many labels in our country. We all want to put everyone in a box here and there. Hey, listen, it's, it's pretty simple. Okay. Your mayor and um, all of us in government have to work with law enforcement to ensure that those um, that are selling these um, 
these weapons that are killing our fellow citizens are put in jail and taken away. It's that simple. And so having a label, I don't know what that accomplishes. It gets everybody fired up. It gets people on both sides of the issue opposing each other. It, it doesn't accomplish anything. So you're anything. against sanctuary yeah. cities. Yeah, I mean, it's a label. I, what does it accomplish? Yes, I am. Excellent. I, I, I disagree that it's a label, but I'm glad that you're against it, so why push my luck? Yeah. Right? I, I agree with that. So as a state representative, you have uh, taken some hard votes. Yeah. Um, you know, transgender mm. bathrooms, which, you know, obviously makes the conservative moderate Methuenites probably mm. not too happy. Some other, uh, some other things that you've done that have probably made Methuen voters happier. Mm. Uh, the $4 million borrowing bill. Oh, yeah. I'd like to get that into that at some point. Yes. But one of the, one of the votes that you made that, that kind of confused me a little bit, and mm. I think we talked about it, and after I talked to you, I was more confused than when I called you, was um, the, the, the prospect of having a toll on 93 between Methuen and, and Salem, New Hampshire. And I'm sure that it's just that I wasn't understanding it properly. Yeah. Um, and you voted yes on that. And my thought was, wait, she's the Methuen rep and she's voting for a toll that's going to directly affect her own citizens. And after you explained it to me, I was even more confused. So can you, can you just clear up my confusion on this? Like, how was that a good thing? Well, you know, it's, um, it was... It was part of a larger transportation package and something that we truly need in the Commonwealth is more um, infrastructure as it pertains to transportation. I, I think everyone can agree with that. Sometimes, you know, there are certain things that um, you have no control of, of. You know, when you're a legislator, you get a hundred page bill in front of you. You have to weigh um, all aspects of that bill um, and, you know, there's not going to be tolls on 93. There just aren't. It's not going to happen. Um, we have such gridlock right now um, as it speaks. And if there were tolls on 93, you and I know that they would be going through all the neighborhoods in West Methuen. Right. Right. So right. not going to happen. Um, but you did vote for yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you know, it was part of a... And so I you're saying even, you didn't vote for tolls. You voted for a bigger package that had tolls in it. I voted for a big bill. Okay. Right. Exactly. And now you have to remember that, you know, we just had um, millions and millions of dollars invested in fixing our old rotary, right? So... Which, by know, the way, I'm hearing from Methuen residents that they think that's a nightmare. I actually like it because I actually know the area, but a lot of people complaining. Well, you know what? The timing on the lights is ongoing. And then we had a meeting uh, this week. It was actually Monday night. We had a meeting of folks... Um, neighborhood folks and folks that are uh, living on 110. There's going to be constant um, tweaks to to this, but I can tell you because so they're going to be doing more work. You're saying? Oh yeah, okay. they're going to be tweaking the systems and um, you know the traffic flow there. It's going to take some time, um, but overall the feedback that I have gotten is that when people go on, you know, go to get out to 93 in the morning, it is a completely different scenario. It's improved 100%. Of course, mm -hmm. the accident rate has improved, you know, gone down 100%. So people can get to where they need to go 100% better because of this project. However, then they go out to 93 and they sit in traffic. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, that's, that's my, there's, that. That's where there's that, right? right. And, and we, we definitely have to look at that. And we, you know, we, if, if Massachusetts is going to continue to have the, the, the good economy that we have, we are going to have to invest somehow in transportation. I don't have the answer to that, Tom, but if, if our young people cannot get to work, they are going to leave and they are going to go somewhere else because um, public transportation is very expensive and parking in the city of Boston is worse. Right. So – you know, if we one wanna... of the reasons I don't go to Boston is because you can never find a parking spot. When you do, it's like five hundred dollars. Right. So you know that's a that's a major major issue. Right. Um, 
So uh, I do have um, I do have one thing that I want to bring up because I know that um, it's something that we had talked about and we, we will run out of time here quickly. Is I believe that civics might go through the uh, the House and the Senate Excellent. the final tweaks. Excellent. Explain explain that to people because we've okay. talked about that. Right, off right. It's it's huge. It's um, it's something that's coming at a good time. That's taken many many years by many of my colleagues to pass, as does most good legislation, um, and it requires the teaching of civics in our school. But it also takes another step, and that step is to um, make sure that students understand that they have to be media literate. Mm -hmm. They they have to know where this stuff, where the um, information that they're they're reading comes from. And um, and when you say civics, that's actually code for what we used to call history. We used to have history classes. We actually learned presidential history. You learned... No, no, no. This is a little different. This is government. This is like, how does government work? And, you know, government affects it affects students even where they are. So this is government. What What does our Constitution say? What does the Massachusetts Constitution say? How is a law passed? Um, how does education funding affect you and your plans to go to college? This is about the basic documents in our government um, so that students understand who they are as a citizen of the United States. As long as you're not teaching that the Constitution is a living, breathing document, I'm on board. I'm not going to comment on that. There's many viewpoints on that. We could discuss that for hours. But no, it's what is in these documents. And students need to know what is in the Declaration of Independence, what is in the Constitution of the United States. And they also need to, kn to know that, listen, they have to be critical when they... When they um, uh, use media to come to some decision, and they have to participate. And how do they participate, and why is it important? Mm -hmm. We also require for them to do a project that allows them to to work with an issue of government that affects them that they're interested in. Right. What, whatever that is, the env an environmental issue, what time school starts in the morning, uh, government affects them in a big way. Mm -hmm. And so we feel if they can be hands-on and learn that they have to be hands-on, this is a way that we can, you know, maybe bring um, some civil discourse to our country. And um, it's a huge uh, you, step. My, my fear is that it backlashes and what it becomes is another opportunity for public school teachers to indoctrinate children no, into, into no, no. liberal, so liberal listen, orthodoxy. Yeah, so listen, that's a concern that everyone had with the legislation. And we have the word nonpartisan in there. Um, a hundred times, okay? So this is about the basic documents of our country, the laws that we're all governed by. So um, there is, it's not allowed. It's actually put in the bill that that's not allowed. And we go so far to say is, say there's a group project in school um, and there is a student that's, or a parent that's uncomfortable with what the teacher choose to have as a group project. That student can do an individual project. So we um, are ensuring that it is, it's nonpartisan. It's about our basic documents of government and, and, and how students can, you know, um, affect the outcome of our country. And now, I, I know you want to talk about your environmental bond bill. I'm not going to let you do no, that. No, 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 I'm not going to let you do that because I don't care about the environment no, right now. I, um, quite frankly, I'd I, like to talk I, about I think the we home spend, rule. I think we spend way too much time on talking about the environment while our yeah. culture is collapsing. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I do want to talk about is you were very instrumental, and I appreciate greatly that you were very instrumental in pushing my public records bill through the yes. through the house, right? And that was a very difficult fight, and um, it's now coming back as I said that it would when they stripped out all of the all of the things that had teeth into it from my original bill, and there's now a groundswell of people who are saying, "Wait a minute, why is the legislature exempting themselves from public records?" 
and I th- and I think that that's something that that the legislature needs to address. I mean, we, if leaders in this country need to walk the walk, and if you're going to be passing laws for other people, it should also apply to you. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are twofold. One, we do need more transparency in mm-hmm. records because. Um, we want more participation in government across the board. And I think every elected official feels that way. Um, I I know I certainly do. Um, But here's the thing. We have a lot of division right now in the country, right? I think that's fair to say. Yep. Um, And there is nothing getting done in Washington, D.C. And we are legislating at the state level on all issues of importance to people right now. And it's been this way for a while. Now, What we are able to do in Massachusetts, and by the way, I got four bills passed that the governor signed, and I want to read my statement in my campaign literature, Um, and I'll get to that in a second, but this is the thing, you elect us to work out problems. Right. So if my calendar is completely open to everyone, and I'm meeting with Joe about this issue, and Steve finds out that, hey, you met with this person, you're talking to them, that's a problem for me. Okay, I'm just bringing out some hypotheticals Mm -hmm. here. Okay, so... There is transparency, but I people elect us to get the job done, and you know we're, we also we're, we're, we also have a right to see what you're doing. Yes, but you do. You can look at all our votes. You can look at all Not of our. Not really, though. Yes, you can. You can look. I mean, and, listen. With all due respect, yeah. a lot of votes are voice votes where everybody hides behind well, the no, voice no, vote no, no, and, no, and, no, and no, nobody no. knows what you're voting on. No, we don't do that in the house because there's too many of us. That that can't be done. You we're don't do any more voice votes in the house. We, no. We, when did that stop? But Tom, almost all our votes are important, are, are, are roll call votes. And, and in the House, that's the way it's been forever. But let me, let me say this. I mean, folks that want to find out our voting record, it's extraordinarily transparent. It's very easy to, folk, to find out. And you also have to understand, and I think individuals understand this when they look at this, they know that a bill, as it starts, is going to be a very different bill <laughs> that ends up on the floor of the house. I know that. And, and that's, I, I wrote a bill that looked nothing a, like what got passed. And that's what people expect us to do. They expect us to be able to compromise with, um, in in my case, my Republican colleagues. Um, and I work very close with all of them. Um, and I'm and I'm very well respected by them. So this is what people expect us to do. They don't expect us to argue on Facebook. They don't expect us to argue in the, in the social media. They expect us to talk to each other, to talk to our constituents, to actually get stuff done. And in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, I think we can say that we do get a lot done. Um, and so, you know, we're tops in education in the country. Um, we have the safest streets in the country. Um, we have a lot of problems, obviously, but Massachusetts leads the country in five or six crucial areas, and I think that that's what people expect us to do, to talk to each other and to get stuff done. And i just like to, um, you know, to mention that I, I did get four huge bills done, two pertaining to public safety, um, two pertaining to veterans. The civics bill, I think, is hopefully going to get done um, and, uh, and to the governor's desk, and I also have a couple that are still in play. Why? Because we're able, and I am able, I can certainly speak to myself, I won't speak with others, but um, Charlie Baker has been extraordinarily helpful. He likes you. Um, to I, I, I think he 
Charlie calls them one at a time. The governor calls them one at a time. He doesn't like, he, he can come up to me and say, hey, Linda, there's no way I can support that. But he can turn around in two seconds and say, hey, I can support this. Okay. So this, is, this works in Massachusetts. When I talk to Charlie, he always says nice things about you. Well, we've, I've, been, I've had a lot of interaction with the governor. Um, it's, it's very well, I mean, you're, you're, you're members of the same party, so it, it makes sense. Well, you know what? It's very rare. And I'm voting for him, but I'm still throwing jabs at him. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's, what, that's what we all need. But um, Do you support a line item veto? Do you support if the governor wanted to have a line item veto, if there's one thing in the budget that he really hated, like the president had? Oh, Actually, yeah. I think the president does have that. Yeah. They, they didn't pass that. We, we do a lot of veto overrides, so he does have that authority. Um, and um, You get the authority to yeah, veto, yeah, but right. he doesn't have the line item. Right. But you know what? Um, we work these things out, and if you... If you, uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes between the governor. I know that's why we want public records. Right. But you know what? I think what we're paid in the end is to, to get answers to problems. And I think right now, um, I can speak for myself. Massachusetts is solving problems. There's a lot of challenges out there, but in terms of, you know, trying to move big issues forward, we are definitely, you know, you look at the opioid crisis, we've worked together with the governor, um, and, and we are among eight states in the country that have had, sig- you know, significant reductions. Um, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you about the opioid crisis. Yeah. It's something that I deal with every day because yeah. I'm out uh, doing um, outreach with the homeless, trying to get people who are addicted into detox. Mm-hmm. We were at uh, uh, the Movement Family Dinner last night at the Buckley Garage. Five people signed up for detox. I was walking on clouds the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, what I whenever I hear a politician, whether they're running for Congress mm-hmm. or state representative, they talk about the opioid crisis. Their friggin' excuse my French, but their friggin' problem, it, their their solution to the problem is always more programs, and government programs don't solve problems. They just don't. What we need is more beds. What we need is more money. What we yeah. don't need is more big government bureaucracy programs that just employ more people. We 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 need solutions, and we need immediate help. And it doesn't really seem like. Even though the numbers are going down, even nationwide they're starting to go down, it doesn't seem like we're getting the actual solutions that we need. It almost seems like our politicians are kind of waiting for this to be over. Yeah. So there's, there's two things that we did in this particular cycle. And, of course, we are leading the country really in, in previous sessions. But this particular – every session we try and focus on a new aspect of the opioid crisis, you know, where you, you, you put some money up front um, in certain areas to plug a hole. Mm-hmm. And so – the hole that we we chose to focus on this particular session was twofold. We um, provided money for five new treatment centers, so that's not you know that's not bureaucracy. To your right. point, I get I it. Agree. I absolutely get it. So we have five new treatment centers that are going to be opening up as a result of the the funding that we've we've put in the budget. The other funding that we put in the budget was to treat newborns that are addicted because that we saw a, a spike in that mm-hmm. aspect of it. And the other aspect that we're choosing to focus on is education in our schools. And that is so important. We got to start there. We have to start young and it's, um, we have to, you know, we have to uh, work with these young young people to understand. I'm trying so hard not to come across at her when she talks about education. I know. I love you. You know that, right? I know that, right. But but whenever I hear we're going to spend more money on education, like these anti-bullying, anti-opioid, none of those those things work. There's no way to measure whether they work. We know they don't work. I was a kid. We used to go to all these seminars for anti-bullying, and the kids would laugh, and we'd we'd fill out whatever forms we had to just because we're not in English class while we're sitting here doing this foolishness. And we would all laugh about it, and then afterwards we would laugh about it. And it was a big joke to the kids. It was a big joke to my kids when they were at Thompson School in North Andover. They would pull the kids out, and they would do anti-bullying. 
all the millions of dollars wasted on that foolishness. And you can tell kids that opioids are bad. You can educate okay, them that opioids are bad. But education does not prevent anything. Let me, that, that Just is, my opinion, uh, and right, I'd be right, happy to hear right. yours. So I disagree with that. And I was hoping you would. I know, and you knew I would. But, you know, I, I'm the parent of two young adults. Mm-hmm. So very often you and I both know that we say something to a young adult and we say it a hundred times, and we feel like we're bashing our heads. Right, because they the don't wall. listen. They don't listen and to anything then, you have no, to say. Right, and then the hundred and second time we say it to them, for some reason it works. So you know what my parents told me is, you know, as grandparents, you just keep at it, you stay positive and honest to goodness. At a certain point, when they're ready, it does change their mind, and and they do listen. There, you know, in high school, oh. you know, I was a troublemaker in high school too. So I. I get it. I can't believe you were a troublemaker. <laughs> so I, like, There's a lot I, I we can disagree it. on, I, but I, I can't I believe it. you were a troublemaker. I kind of saw yeah. you as a goody-goody in high school, if I had on. to think uh, back. Now. Well, so back to the opioid issue. Yes, um, opioids. What, what, I, I want more beds, and, yeah. and I want more solutions. I want more housing. One of the biggest problems we see with the homeless mm-hmm. issue that I yeah. see every single day is someone goes to detox, they get clean, and now they've got nowhere to go. There's no transitional housing mm-hmm in between them getting an apartment and then being homeless. Like somewhere right. in between, there's got to be... We used to have flop houses when I was growing right. up. We used to have a lot of uh, rooming houses. Yeah. We've gotten rid of most of them. And now people go into detox. They come back out. They go to the Daybreak Homeless Shelter, which has a heroin factory next door called yeah. McDonald's, yeah. right, where right. they sell heroin right. every day. And within three or five days, they're back on heroin. And it right. just becomes an endless cycle. I know. So uh, that is understood. And, you know, what we have to understand is... There are limited funds in, in our budget. Um, we don't have endless amounts to, uh, to spend. That is something that we're very cognizant of and we're working. You, it's a long-term. It's a long-term. You're looking at it. You're That's looking, my favorite looking, answer by any politician. You're we're looking, looking at it. We're looking but, at it. But like I said, we get results and we are getting results. And, um, but the other thing is, too, I think that was so apparent in our community with the situation in Methuen is we got to get the stuff off the streets okay it's got to come off the streets and so um i think the laws that we passed this session um are very very aggressive in that respect and um that's got to be part of it too but you're right we have to have the availability for these people to to have if all life all their life if they need it um folks that they can go to 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 keep on track Mm -hmm. and and that's going to be a lifelong struggle for them and, I, and I have one last it. thing, and then I'll let you end with whatever you yeah, want because okay. we're, we're uh, up against him. we get about six minutes left. Okay. Um, the, debacle, the, the debacle in Methuen. Yep, we're, we're both yeah. going to the same place, okay. right? The homework yeah. petition. Yeah. So Methuen schools overspent $4 million after the year before they overspent mm-hmm. almost $2 million, which comes out to almost $6 million. And then everybody attacks the cops as if they're the problem. And everybody wants to talk about police contracts as if that's what made us in the hole, which it isn't. It's a total bait and switch. And you come in last minute. I thought you did. I think you did yeoman's work trying to work with uh, the locals to try and work on a home rule petition mm-hmm. to borrow the four million to pay the schools. Here's my concern, and I'll let you address right, it however right. you want. So you get them the four million dollars. They're going to have some fiscal oversight by the state. Um, they take the four million. They pay off the bills for the schools, mm-hmm. and then this. And then the city council gives the schools more money than they gave them last year. So not only do they pay the $4 million from a loan that the schools overspent, then the schools ask for more money in this year's fiscal budget, and they give it to them. And I'm looking at what I think is maybe fiscal mismanagement, and I'm okay, wondering what well, your thoughts me, are about all of that. Right. 
So obviously, um, the Methuen situation is very serious. I do want to say this at this at this juncture um, that the Home Rule petition is on the governor's desk, um, and I talked to the governor and his team probably every other day on this particular topic. And the what folks have to understand is that my job was to get something done, and that was to get a piece of legislation that the governor and his team and DOR would sign and um, that I was comfortable with that had a lot of oversight in it, and it does. So to answer your question, next year's budget is going to be a challenge for the city of Methuen. Yeah, and, it is. and I don't have the specifics in front of me, but I know it is, and I know that Sean Cronin and I sat there when we talked about this and how much they should um, – be authorized to borrow, um, you know, it was suggested that perhaps they should have the authorization to borrow a little bit more because every year things are slightly more expensive just by, by inflation. So, you know, you ask yourself, what's different the next year than this year? There's still, there's going to be some challenges, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but I have confidence that, that we can get a chief financial officer in there, a chief administrative and financial officer in there. What's important about this, Tom, is this person is going to make sure that the school department knows the city budget, the city council knows the school department budget, the mayor knows both. In other words, this person is going to provide advice, information, um, whatever information is required so that the city is on the same sheet of the music. And that is the only way you can do a budget. We don't have that now. No, we don't and have And my that. real concern is that next year you're going to have a bigger deficit because they're continuing to no, spend well, money. Well, no, no, let me stop there. Um, they, you know, they have done, um, they have uh, pared down uh, the budget substantially. I've watched, but I watched me, every minute of those meetings. Yeah, I, I, I watched a lot of them too. And they, and they have, but this is the thing. Um, once, um, once this CAFO comes in, there is going to be, um, and, and also he's come, this person, he or she is, is going to be well qualified having done this many times before they don't have an agenda. You know, they're not on the city council side. They're not on the mayor side. They're just going to provide them the the professional information that they need. And there's also going to be an individual there from the state as the overseer. So, you know, we're going to have it from both sides. It's going to be very hard for people to put misinformation out Mm -hmm. there. And I think that that's the point at which we need to start. And when we start at the point where everyone knows really how much money is in the budget and where it's being spent, then that's going to go a long way to, to, um, I think, um, help the city of Methuen make the both the short term and the long term plans that they need to do. We should be planning long term as well as short term. And when you don't have the professionals that allow you to do that, you can't do that. Real- this is a huge step because Methuen's a town and they, they are thinking like they're a town. Now we're a Philly large city mm-hmm. and we need the professional management to come in. This is a very good place to start. Uh, real quick answer because we're up against time. Um, one of the things that has really bothered me about what's going on and what has gone on in Methuen. You had a superintendent who worked for 10 years with no license, uh, not certified, and then we find out that for the uh, for eight years, right? And then we find out that for the 10 years before that, she was a school principal and wasn't certified and didn't have a license. And my concern is, why hasn't the State Department of Education done their job, A, while that was going on to make sure that didn't happen, but B, since that time, nobody's lost their job at the Department of Ed that allowed that to happen. It doesn't really seem like the Department of Education has done anything since that, since we've 
learned that the superintendent was illegally working as a principal and superintendent, and it doesn't seem like anybody's paid any price for it. Nobody's even tried to change the mechanism of the Department of Ed that allowed that to happen. That is something that I can certainly look at, but I can tell you right now the way it works is is the city is responsible for that. That's their job. And, in fact, they have folks that look at certifications um, no, throughout no, their department. Nobody there lost but their I, job but, either. But I'm not getting into city politics. Listen, I got enough problems at the state level, right? I, I definitely have enough problems with um, with state issues. So I, I'm not going to do that. I, I think that um, it is an important issue um, and that there has to be changes made, certainly at the local level. So uh, I, And I trust that there will be. Um, so, um, you know, that being said, there's, um, there's a lot of things that have to change with city government. And I think with this home rule, there's going to be 500% more transparency and it will allow that to happen. All right. Uh, let me give you like 30 seconds to a minute to just make your final pitch to the voters and hopefully, um, we can have you back. Well, thank you very much. It's been a while. I need to be back here more often, but, um, to all of you, um, in the Merrimack Valley and, in the cities of Haverhill and Methuen, um, I ask for your vote. Um, I've been your rep for, for 12 years now. Um, I am the go-to person that city government comes to um, when they need assistance, um, when they need help, um, when they need legislation, and also when they need state assets brought to their community, things like um, the exchange at the Rotary, the high school project, our rail trails. These these funds at the state are very important to local communities and what we're doing, and, and education funding as well. So it's been an honor to serve um, this session. Um, I was able to work with the governor of the Commonwealth and legislative leaders um, in the House and in the Senate to get four pieces passed, two pertaining to public safety, um, allowing our um, police officers to more effectively deal with mental illness, which is something that they deal with every single day, and they say exponentially, um, this is a problem that that they need help with. Um, and and also um, uh, firefighters and the rising cancer rates, um, and the civics bill, and and legislation to protect the vulnerable in, in group homes, and, and many other pieces of legislation that I work primarily with the governor to get passed. And um, I ask for your vote so that I continue to bring these assets to our community and to legislate in a very responsible manner. Linda Dean Campbell, she's a state representative representing Methuen and Haverhill. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to thank some advertisers and sponsors who actually didn't care that I was in a dunk tank. And uh, and we come back, we're going to have the man challenging Linda Campbell on the ballot this year. His name is Anand Gonzalez. And it would have been, I think, would have been way more fun to have both of you up here for an hour, but I'm at least glad to have you separately. And um, thank you, by the way, for you, uh, a columnist, contributing columnist to the Valley thank Patriot. I appreciate you. that. Um, and also an advertiser. I also appreciate that. Um, we will be back after this on Paying Attention. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hit you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three- South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do 
private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. All righty. I don't. Th- I don't think I was too tough on her. Did you think I was too tough on her, Ed? No, I th- think you were very nice. You thought I was nice? Yeah. Well, then that, I didn't do my job. That, I want to redo on that. No, I don't want to be nice. No, you were respectful. Huh? Okay, all right. Respectful works better, I guess. Um, sitting to my left, to your right, uh, is Anand Gonzalez. He is challenging Linda Campbell for the state rep seat. And um, I don't know as much about Anand, so, I, so it's going to be harder for me to question him, but I'm going to do my best, right? Uh, why don't you um, – can you pull his mic up? I don't think his mic is up. Is he on three? Can you say something? Hello, can you hear me? He's on uh, two, actually, for some reason. Ah. That's the answer. All right. Try it again, Anand. Can you hear me? Yes. So why don't we do this? And then there you go. So why don't you start off with who you are and why you want to run for state representative? Sure. So um, my name is Anand Gonzalez. I I live in Midtown, Massachusetts. I have been living in this town for 13 years. Uh, And uh, the reason I'm running is uh, like, I mean, most of the people know what's going on. Yeah, you know, and uh, I wanted to make a change. 
you know and then nothing has been happening in the city you know it's been same 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 old same old for the past third i know past 12 years that's when my opponent got elected mm-hmm. uh, so i wanted to make a difference that's the reason i uh, you know i i said tell I, us I'll, who you are like what your background is um sure. what do you do for work yep so my background i'm a uh, software architect i work with software mm-hmm. uh that's you know i have i i have a degree in computer engineering And, you so you know, can hook us up with some really cool software for sure. the show. Sure. <laughs> so I came, uh, I, I came to this country more than 20 years back, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you know, I'm I'm the epitome of the American dream. Like you know, you come here with nothing, you work hard. You're a first generation immigrant. I am a first generation. And you immigrant. came here legally. I did. Thank you for doing that. I'm all for legal immigration. I don't care where they come from. Exactly. As long as they do it legally. Yep. That's what I am for too. You so know? good. Do do it legally. You know, right. don't do it, don't do it. Illegally. So, what did you think? What did you think of the sanctuary city discussion we had with, with Linda Campbell? What do you think about the sanctuary city so, stuff? So, right wh- out of the gate, we might as well just go right in. Yep. Right? I I want to point one thing out. She never said yes or no. She just danced around the answer, but she never said that she's for or against. Right? Well, I, I did pin her down at the end. It said so you're against sanctuary cities. That's she what said, you said, right? Yeah, and she but, said, well, yes, because I think it's just a label, which yeah. I don't agree with. But at least the answer was that she's against uh, it. Again, I think. She, again, she didn't say she was uh, for or against. My position is I am against sanctuary state, and I'll I'll, I'll explain why. Right? Uh, most of our law enforcement uh, officers, they know what they're doing. Right? When you make a state or city sanctuary, you're taking that. control away from them so i i i have 100% confident in their ability to do their job right when they stop somebody you know they can make a decision that this person is to be turned in or not turned in right? right when you make a sanctuary state or city you take that uh, control away from them so you know i don't want to do that i want them to make the decisions that they that they be on everyday basis and you know and, and i think they you know our law enforcement is working perfectly you know why why change it mm-hmm. So now you're running against Linda Campbell. You could have run for just about anything. You could have run for state senate, but you chose that seat. Why that seat? Why Linda Campbell's seat? Why challenge her? Uh, because you know, like I said, nothing was getting done in the city. You know, like she uh, she mentioned the rail trail, right? Mm-hmm. When I moved here like 13 years back, that was a big thing on everybody's. You know, everybody's talking about. Oh, we're going to do the rail trail. Why did it take 13 years for that to happen? and you know it's it's not yet functional you know they're still doing the work on that mm-hmm. right and other stuff also like you no know, this morning i was visiting the uh, uh the senior center right and i talked to the lady there and she said you know she was she was so frustrated with the way things are going she said like you know there are there are senior seniors there uh who apply for a snap benefit right that's the uh, uh nutritional benefit mm-hmm. and she says a senior has to apply an application which is 78 pages long oh that's ridiculous and i'm like you no know, okay that's there's something wrong in that mm-hmm. right plus she what she told me was there was a, there was a case of this senior where he got 2 dollars uh, extra in his social security so his social security went up by 2 dollars and the snap program went from 97 dollars to 25 dollars wow from just going up to just going into that next bracket yeah and i'm like no how is anybody going to survive on 25 dollars a month mm-hmm. that is not right so you know that's something i told her like you know if i get elected that is something i'm going to look into because you know this, we sh- we have to take care of our seniors because they have lived in the community yeah, they have raised families they have made this community prosperous and vibrant and now it is our 
uh, you know, chance to take care of them, and that's what what we should be doing. What do you think about all the foolishness going on at the local level? You're running for state rep, obviously, right. but you'll have to deal with them. If you were to win, you would have to deal with you know the bond bills and the borrowing. What do you think about the, the just the utter foolishness that, that has been going on for the last year and with the spending and the overspending and hiding contracts and all this other stuff? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they, this all started with the $440,000 that the cops were going to get in their contract. You know, that's where you know, then they had to shift money from one place to another. Uh, well, it really started with the school department overspending by $4 I think million. It, I think that, that was precipitated by the police contracts, I think. That's what my understanding okay. is. So I, I think, you know, as she she calls her, my opponent calls her herself as the dean of the delegation of the Merrimack Valley, right? She's the senior most person there. If she was the senior most person, she should have got all everybody in a room, right? The police union guys, the city council guys, the mayor, and said, okay, there are different numbers going around. You know, you're saying it's for 40,000. The police are saying it's not for you. Let's, let's sit down in this room. And nobody's leaving this room till we have a contract that is signed. And on a number which is agreeable to everybody. Or, right. Or at least a number everybody agrees is a real yeah. number. Yep. Right. And then, you know, then have that. No. How, what is it? Like three months down the line now? Mm-hmm. And we still don't have any answer on any of that stuff. Right. We still don't know what the real numbers are. Exactly. Yep. And she, if she touts herself as the senior most person, act as a senior most person, right. right? You know, go there and, you know, you know, you know, I know she cannot interfere in the city, uh, in the city, you know, the, uh, you know, the way the city works. But at this time, she should have interjected herself in there and said, hey, we need to get this done because we are we are we are we are a laughing stock of the entire country, right? Which is very true right now. Yeah, especially I mean, after watching some of those council meetings. Yeah, and the governor was talking about it. You know, I I I you know when I was looking on, on Google, I found newspapers in California which was which were printing this as a news item. Wow. wow. So, so you're running not as a Democrat. And not as a Republican, you're running as an independent, right? Right. Uh, Unenrolled, whatever, whatever, yes. the, whatever the new term is for it. We all know what it means, though, right? As a conservative. So how come? How come you didn't challenge her like as a Democrat in the primary or run as a? Why, why are you running as an independent? Uh, my understanding is the letter next to a person's name doesn't de- doesn't uh, qual- uh, doesn't define that person, mm-hmm. right? It, ca- it might be a D or it might be an R. I look for what that person stands for. What does he stand for? Like, you know, what are his standings and, you know, uh, what is he going to work for? And that, you know, you know, if you look at more, a lot of these Democrats and Republicans, both of them guys, both of them have good stuff that, you know, that you can combine and do together. That's what I wanted to do as in. That's the reason I kept asking. So do you consider yourself a, a conservative, a liberal? I mean. I'm a centrist conservative. Okay. Like a, almost like a moderate. You're a conservative that leans toward the middle, maybe. Is that what you're saying? I know, I know you don't want to categorize yourself, but yes. I'm trying to categorize you because one of the reasons why we look at parties is um, if I'm looking for somebody who's pro-Second Amendment, I look to the Republican Party. If I'm looking for somebody who's for um, pro-single-payer um, health system, I look at the Democrats, right? right. And so one of the reasons I'm, I'm trying to pigeonhole you, you're probably not going to let me by the end of the show, but is I'm trying to figure out what your political philosophy is. So maybe I'll just ask it that way. What is your sure. political, political philosophy? So I, you talked about the Second Amendment. I am for the Second Amendment, okay. right? I, you know, That's I, 10 points. I give you ten points for I, that. I like people to exercise the vote to, like, you know, for the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not against that. Uh, single payer system. I'm not for the single payer system, but I, I like that too. That's ten more points. <laughs> but I want everybody to be able to have an affordable healthcare. Right. Right. How do we do that? Uh, well, uh, I can't get into the nitty gritty of that stuff because I don't know. What, you know, but. Uh, 
I think there's a lot that can be done. You know, let's talk. Uh, we can talk about the uh, uh, the prescription, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the I don't know about the state level, but at the medical level, the prescription, the the amount that the government pays for the prescription drugs in Medicare, it's ten times more than what you get in a normal uh, this thing, and nobody's fixing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was how the rules were written long time back. Uh, I'm sure there's some stuff in the in the state level Medicaid where some of that stuff can be taken care of too. But when you try to take care of that, you go against the big farmers. Right. And now, you know, you're pitching yourself against those the big farmers. Sure. But, I, but they're I, evil, so it's okay if you're against them. But we actually I, like that. I, I'm ready to take that fight, you know. Right. If it if it if it means that like my constituents or the residents of the Commonwealth will uh, uh, you know get better results from them, then sure I'll take What it. do you think about if you don't mind me asking cuz it's not really a state rep question, but I'm yeah. curious cuz you're new. Um, what do you think about the mayor and the city council and the way they're running things now? What, what do you think about what's happening right now? I mean, a lot of people uh, are unhappy. A lot of other people say they're getting a bad rap because it was from the pe people before them. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about all this? I I think I would, I mean, not the city council because like, you know, some of the members were elected this year, but some came from the previous mm -hmm. uh, this thing. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the problem is with the mayor and the city council getting together. And I agree that, you know, it was from the previous mayor, but mayor, this mayor was part of the previous administration. Right. So he can't blame everything on the pre previous mayor. Right. So I, I think they should just put their uh, differences aside and come together and work together for the betterment of do the you city. Think, do you think they're capable of doing that? Because I actually, th I thought the same thing you did four months ago. Yeah. And after watching the last four months of meetings, I'm not sure they're capable of doing that. Do you think they're capable? Maybe I'm wrong. I think they are capable of you doing do. it. It's just like they should just put their heart to it and, you know, they should, and then they should, and then they will be able to do something about it. All right. And Let's get into something substantive. I'm going to give you some extra time because she had some extra time. Sure. Um, whenever somebody runs, especially if they're brand new, um, most first-time candidates do the same, make the same, pretty much the same mistakes. They say, I'm for public safety and I'm for education, but they don't really say what that means, right? right. Everybody's for public safety. Everybody's for education. So where do you stand? Where, where, where do you differ with Linda Campbell on like, things like education and public safety? Uh, when it comes to public safety, I think we should uh, give all the tools to allow law enforcement uh, like, you know, not just guns, but like the other tools also to fight. Uh, because in the 21st century, we are not just fighting the fight on the streets. You know, it's just the cyber war is going on. So we have to train them in all those aspects so that they are prepared to protect us. More money for the cops? Uh, training wise and, you know, yeah. and hand programs that you know, they can benefit from, like, you know, training programs in how to how to do the cyber uh, security right. and all the other stuff. Uh, in education, I think... Uh, we have to do more on education because, you know, the schools in Mithun, uh, when you look at the ranking, they lag, lag at the bottom one third of the rankings. You know, I, I, I personally feel that we should be in the top right. top 25. Especially given how much money they get every year to right. be at the bottom. As a conservative, one of my frustrations is, you know, politicians seem to think throwing money at the problem means we've done something. And, right. and, 
And I see billions and billions of dollars in Massachusetts over the last 10 years being spent on an education system that continues to fail. And we have kids graduating from a Thorn High right now, today, right. who think that the Constitution is a living, breathing document. They think that you don't have a right to carry a gun. They think that hate speech is, a, is an exemption to the First Amendment. Like, they have no clue. They can't balance a checkbook. Right. And we just spent billions of dollars on education. Right. And I keep saying, well, why are we doing that? Like, well, maybe we should go the other way. Maybe we should spend less money on education, have more kids in a classroom per teacher, and let's go back to the way it was in the 70s and the 80s when kids actually could graduate and balance a checkbook. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you have to understand that the 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 generation that we were we graduated is much more different than the the generations today. That's right? for sure. Yeah, so we have to make sure that we train them in the ways that they understand. Like you know, nowadays, like you know, I I didn't get my first laptop till I was working. You know, nowadays, like my daughter has an iPad of her own. Right. Actually. Right. So we have to make sure that we train them properly, and you know, make make sure that they get the right training, right. Uh, and the right education, right? You said, like, you know, uh, balancing a checkbook. Like, you know, I, I don't think there are any programs that tell them how to spend money or how to save money, right? Right. right? Well, we used to have home ec. Yeah. When I was in school, we had home ec and civics where you learned, like, you know, if you make 300 a week and your electric bill is this and your rent is this and, you know, like how to how to manage money, how right. to manage life, right. how to manage right. the real world, how to fill out a – how about how to fill out a job application? You know how many kids show up at my office and they want a job? And I give them a job application, even though I don't really care about a job application. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if they can fill it out. And ninety percent of them can't. They can't figure. They can't figure out. How to, I'm like, why would I? Why would I, as a newspaper, hire you to be a journalist if you can't fill out a job application? Right. Right. And to me, it's just, it's actually a test to see yeah. if they can fill it out. It's not what they put on it. I couldn't care less what they put on it. They can lie all they want. I just want to see if you can follow the directions, and most of them can't. Yeah, and it's just it's that's the basic education that they should be getting right, right from from kindergarten or like so, right from elementary. So school. can I get a commitment for you to start cutting education funding and holding them responsible and having it be merit based? Where hey, you guys do a better job, we'll give you more funding next year. But if you're going to continue to fail, we're, we're going to. I mean, if I had a subsidiary of my business and they were losing money every year, I would I would stop doing business with them. I would stop giving them money. I would stop funding them. And yet in education, we go the other way. Here's, here's what I can tell you. I, I, I'll, give them a, I'll give them a period of five, five years or say 10 years, right? And then in that five years, I would tell them, okay, I'll give the money that you ask for, right? But in the five years, I want my school system to be in the top 10 in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, I'll provide with the money. After five years, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll take a look at it. And if you're not done that, then you're not going to get any more money out of it. Excellent. I love that answer. What is your number one priority? Let's say you get elected. Let's say uh, you beat Linda Campbell and you get sworn in January 4th or 8th, whatever it's going to be, um, and you take it. What's the, what's the first thing that you want to tackle? There are two things that I want to tackle. You know, before today, it was one thing I want to tackle education, like you said. You know, I want to see what could be done more for our schools. But after talking to the senior center people this morning, I have, you know, I, I don't even know where to start with, you know, helping the guys because they are really, really, they need help immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be my, uh, like I said, you know, a single application is 78 pages long. That's crazy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you, okay, the way, the reason that they did was, was because to prevent fraud, like, you know, people who, like, you know, who'll take that and you know, they'll buy stuff from that and sell it on the aftermarket. And I said, how about a common sense solution? Anybody above 75 who's, applica- who's applying, you know, those 78 pages doesn't matter. We should have a one page document for that person, mm-hmm. right? 
and you know just give him the uh, the snap uh, money depending upon that one page application sure right so that that's something i i want to work on because you know i it just re- really blew my mind that you know somebody for you know and 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 the, those the citizens the seniors they have paid their dues right absolutely they so, paid and paid the system their whole life exactly so now it's our turn to pay them back right so why are we making them l- jump through all these hoops just to like you know give them what is theirs mm-hmm. so that's something that you know i want to work on great now if you win you're not going to be a democrat and you're not going to be a Republican. Who do you caucus with? Like, who do you lean with? Do you lean with the Republicans? Or do you just kind of go when you feel like it? Uh, I'll probably lean with the Republicans. With the Republicans. <laughs> That's the right answer. Ten more points, Ed. Ten more points for Anand Gonzalez. But, uh, How many points is he up to? Uh, 34, I think. 34. <laughs> He's climbing, though. Yep. Again, you know, I, most of the what I believe in, you know, aligns with what what you know what they stand for. Right. So that's the reason. But you know, if, had, if, but again, if there's something that they propose and I don't agree with, I will go with the you know if the Democrats are uh, p- proposing something that is better, I would go with them. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like what is best for my constituents, right? Right. You know, I'll work with what is best, and you know, whoever gives me the you know what is best for my constituents, I'll go with them. So I wrote this public records law, and by the time they passed it, it was it was a shadow of what I had originally written. Yeah. But I was still happy to have it because it did have some teeth in it. Um, but now we're, we well, – some of the things that got stripped out, as I was talking in the last half hour with Linda, um, one of the things that they stripped out was they exempted the legislature from public records. So if I wanted to find out, you know, what you – know, Linda admitted, like, a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes, she right. said, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to find out, well, I want to see her notes from that subcommittee meeting. I want to see what's going on. Uh, you know, who's 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 colluding with who on what bills and who's trading votes. We don't have access to that. What are your thoughts on all? That? And then she she made a statement. You know, says every elected official feels that they should be done. Well, they have they have a veto-proof majority in the House and right. the Senate, right? If everybody every elected official feels about it, why are you not doing anything about right. it? Right, right. Yeah, no, so, right. So, so you know, you're pro public records. You think the legislature should have to absolutely. What is the court system? The court system is also exempt. No, I I think they should. I mean, whatever happens, what are they afraid of? Is my question. Right. You know. Right. If if they work for the public, yeah. And turn over know, the turn over the documents. What are you afraid of? Right. You know, if you did something wrong, let the public know that you did something wrong. Right. Let's see if we have any questions here from uh, from any of our uh, any of our fine viewers. Um, Everybody wants to talk about themselves. It's so unbelievable. <laughs> right. um, we, we covered the Second Amendment and we covered education. Uh, wait, how does he feel about more proactive police measures like stop and frisk? So I, uh, I'm for the Fourth Amendment, right? You're so for the what? The Fourth Amendment. Yes. Unreasonable Fourth Amendment is very good. I like that one. Yes, unreasonable. So as long as the cops are doing, are not, uh, abusing or not uh, like you know they are uh, uh, they are not doing that to the people like you know uh, as long as they're within their f- uh, the, they are doing everything within the fourth amendment I'm off I'm I'm for it okay right because they should not be doing things which violates the fourth amendment of anybody right so if they are doing something which violates the fourth amendment of anybody then that should be taken uh, that, that should be called for but if they are doing something that doesn't violate the fourth amendment of any of my constituents i'm good for it can i get back to um the the uh, home rule petition cuz we still got 3 minutes yep. left 4 minutes left um linda campbell pushed through this 4 million dollar borrowing measure 
because the school's overspent. Would you do that? Would you would would you be willing to give if you were the state rep instead of Linda a year ago and uh, and and they came, and the city council came to you after they, all this mismanagement and said we want to borrow four million dollars from the state? Uh, would you give Would you give them that bailout money after they've spent overspent school department two years in a row? Well, I, if I was there, we wouldn't be in this situation at all. Oh, that's a good answer, <laughs> right? Because, I don't believe you, but it's a good answer because I would have got everybody in the room. And yeah. let's let's figure this out about the mm-hmm. police contract. You know where the money is going, and you know then figure out if there is this money for the schools, and you know then and do the same thing. Home reputation. There's one other thing. I don't know if you have this, but there was a there was a counselor, uh, Jamie Atkinson, mm-hmm. right? He served his so the city of Milton as a as a city charter where you can you can only serve for two terms, and after that you have to stay out of uh, out of the, any city jobs for one mm-hmm. year. She filed a home reputation for him so that he could get a job with the police as a as a junior accountant, mm-hmm. right? Now, why would why would you do that, right? And my question is, was he so poor that he needed needed the money that he had to get a job with the police contracts with the poor with the police department? I I don't know the answer for that, but why would why would why would she feel she filed that and not let him not say to him that hey. It's the city charter. You have to wait for one year and then come back and mm-hmm. do that. Right. So, what the, do you think happened there? Do you think? I mean, everybody, uh, the 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 rumor mill, the the general thought in Methuen is that deals were made, um, that he got uh, the job because he made deals for his votes on the on the budget. I'm not privy to what happened, and I'm not going to speculate. Okay. But I'm just telling you that, like, you know, it's just like you know, and he was he was uh, hired there as a junior accountant, and as soon as they did a restructuring, that position was cut off so that position and then the mayor actually put him somewhere else for a while till he got caught yes because right? home, home rule petition was for only that job right and then he was so uh, so if that job was really that important they wouldn't have cut it when they did a restructure right and he, and he created that job right like he voted to create that job when he was on the council exactly it never existed before right Right, and I, I don't know if you looked at, it, but like it paid like forty-eight thousand per dollar, yes. and that's a lot of money for a junior accountant. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but you know what was the most painful about that whole topic is Jamie Atkins is the nicest guy in the world, yeah. right? And 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 I really I've always liked Jamie as a person, and you have to kind of divorce yourself, even though it's hard. You have to divorce yourself from it and just look at what happened and go, holy crap! How did this nice guy actually get involved in all of this? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what's at least from a news perspective, that's very was very difficult. Yeah, and for you me. know, as a state rep, I would have said no, and I'm not doing that. You know, it's this this is this is wrong on all all aspects. I'm not going to file that for home rule petition. Mm-hmm. Who are you voting for for governor? Uh, Baker. You voting for Charlie Baker? Yeah, going with the Democrat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He, he got more points for that? I think he did. The pretend go Democrat. Yep. No, he did. So we, um, we've got another minute and a half to two minutes. Why don't I just sure. give you a chance to talk to the people at home, try yep. and convince them why they should vote for you, what, you know, what's important to you. Yep. When you go door to door, what it is you talk to them about. You've got the audience here. And, yep. you know, we have sometimes three, 4,000 people watch these, these things. We had, we had, what are we, up to 100,000 downloads on the audios? Yeah. So we got a lot of people listening to the show okay. on audio. So why don't you make your final pitch? Sure. So like... Some, um, some wise man once said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Uh, we have been doing the same thing over and over again for the past 12 years. Nothing has changed, right? It's time for a change now. Uh, so I'm running as an independent uh, candidate for state representative because I want to bring change to the city. Uh, and that's the reason. 
and I will make sure that I fight for my constituents and get what is rightfully theirs. And that's the reason I humbly ask you for, for you to vote for me, um, either on November 6th or if you're voting early, you can go now and vote. So please vote for me. Yeah, Methuen, I think, was the, one of the first communities to have uh, early voting, right, in Massachusetts this year? Oh, really? I didn't I know that. so, yeah. Yeah. So um, you you are running as not a de- Democrat, not as an independent, but a, I mean, not as a Republican, but as an independent. Um, I, I, I'm wishing you well. Thank you very much. Right. Anytime somebody's running for the first time, it's got to be tough on your family. Yeah. Uh, I bet I'm willing to bet as we as we go out of the show, I'm willing to bet that it was nothing like what you thought it was going to be when you first decided you were going to run for this job. I thought it was going to be more tough, but, you know, it's... Oh, you think it's easier? Yeah. You think taking, taking down Linda Campbell is a lot easier than you thought it was going to be? That's funny. I like hey. that. You're a funny guy. Listen, hopefully, if you win, you'll come back. Absolutely. And, uh, and you know, hopefully we'll be seeing you on the campaign trail, and I appreciate your time. I know it's uh, it's tough to pull you out of the Methuen neighborhoods on a day like today. No so. problem. Thank you very much for having me. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, the pay, uh, Paying Attention to the Paying Attention podcast. Uh, I have a, a quick little message for Columbia Gas. Get your friggin' act together, guys, out there. Um, you know, you got Feeney Brothers in North Andover screwing around. Uh, you've got all kinds of problems in the community. You guys keep saying you're going to have it by the 19th. We know you're lying, and we know why you're lying, and we're going to continue to expose your lies. So my advice to you at Columbia Gas, get your act together. Stop lying. Be more transparent. And there's going to be a Q&A this weekend on Saturday at the North Andover Senior Center at, I think, 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. The president of Columbia Gas is going to be there. I'm going to be there asking questions. You should probably go to that. It's something you're not going to forget. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for listening on the uh, downloads on Podbean and all that stuff, Spreaker and and Spotify and Google+. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, so go home already. Going home. Going home. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.